If we read the scriptures but don't live by them, have they done us any good? Are we any better off than if the Bible had remained on the shelf? Pastor Ray Bentley comments. It is good to hear Bible studies. It's better to hear them and obey. It is good to know the answers to the questions that people might raise. It's better to be living the answers or applying them to the best of our ability. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. If you suffer from a terminal disease and go to see the doctor, he may give you a treatment plan to make you well. You may understand the treatment perfectly, but if you don't put the treatment into practice, it won't go well for you. Today, Pastor Ray says the same applies to how we practice what we read in the Bible. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. We're going to talk about the uh, Good Samaritan, the story that Jesus told there. Talk about love, talk about preaching the Gospel, talk about compassion. And in fact, I want to revisit even a few of the verses that we read before. Just such a great, encouraging, uplifting uh, time. Go back with me to verse 17, you remember that Jesus had sent out 70. Originally, he had discipled 12, and a lot of times we don't give enough credit uh, to the larger disciple group that he sent out. He sent out 70, showing that now Jesus already is beginning to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. In verse 17, we read, and then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And that is something to rejoice in if your name is written in heaven. In fact, that's really what it's all about. But this same commission Jesus gave to these 70, he said, I want you to go out. I want you to go out in in pairs and I want you to tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if they are sick, I want you to pray for them that they might be healed. If they have any demonic spirits, I want you to cast them out in my name. And I have given you power and authority over the enemy. Now let me tell you something, you and I tonight that are believers and followers and disciples of Jesus Christ have that same commission. We are to go out. We are to go out and bring the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I tell you this good news, all authority over the enemy is given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All authority over the enemy is yours. And we come in that name and we come in the authority of Jesus. I think that, you know, being part of the Jesus movement and, you know, as we, uh, those of us who continue to walk with the Lord and seek the Lord and 
We're still waiting and looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. But I look back and I look and examine my own life. Was, was I more bold when I was younger? Was I more taking a risk? And then do we become more refined as time goes on and, and say, well, it's not the right time. It's not the right place. I don't want to offend anybody. And, and surely I can look back and see that sometimes my youthful zeal would push people away. But I also look and say, you know what? Some of that boldness and that confidence God used to bring a person. I, I'll never forget that. I had a little Bible study in the high school where I was going at the time. And I had a little group, you know, that we were praying together and fellowshipping in the word at lunchtime. And in my prayers, one day God spoke to me and said, now I want you to go out in twos, just like in the, in the Bible and uh, share. At that time they had this little booklet uh, called The Four Spiritual Laws from Campus Crusade for Christ with Bill Bright. And so it was very you know, popular at that time to use. So I bought a bunch of them. They were real inexpensive. And I got five others with me. So there were three different pairs of two individuals, six of us all total. And we began going out during lunchtime. Can you imagine this? Going out during lunch and sharing you know, have you ever heard of the four spiritual laws? No. Uh, would you mind if I shared them with you? Oh, okay, whatever, as they're crunching on an apple or something. And then I would say law one, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I've told this story, but uh, one of my friends that I shared with, you know, he was a football guy, had his letterman's jacket on, we're sitting there out in the quad and I was so scared. And I looked down and I read, you know, there was little, it had little writing and little pictures on it. I never looked up during the entire time. I just, you know, law one, I would ask a question, didn't give him a chance to answer because I was so nervous, and I would go, law two, uh, we're sinners and separated from God. Law three, Jesus died, and you know, law four, we need to receive Christ personally, and then there were two little circles, one representing order and the other one's total chaos, which represents your life? And I kind of was stuck because I had to look up, you know? And I was terrified in my mind as I'm reading through this, and just kind of doing it out of obedience to the Lord, I had this feeling in my mind that, that he had gotten up and had walked away, and there were a group of my friends laughing and pointing at me. I mean, that, you know how things go on in your head. Well, when I did actually look up, and thank God he was sitting there next to me, but I was not ready for what I saw. Tears coming down his cheeks. And I'm looking around going, what happened? Because I wasn't exactly reading with a lot of passion. I was scared, you know? I, I just read through it. But it was not in the power, and I know this from that experience, it was not the power of the presentation. It wasn't the persuasion uh, of my personality. It was the raw truth of the gospel. And I said, well, do you want to pray this little prayer and accept Christ in your life? He goes, yeah, you know, football player. And um, I can tell you that that experience, the first eight people I shared the gospel with, everyone in a row accepted Christ. That little group of six of us, by the several weeks that went on, before I knew it, there were 35, 37, 38, close to 40 people who had given their lives to the Lord. Some went to share with their brothers, sisters, some with their parents. 
So then I'm in prayer again. Okay, now, Lord, now what do I do? And he goes, man, you better start a Bible study for all these new believers. So then I started a Bible study and invited all those people that were new believers. And, and then that's what turned into Calvary Chapel, El Cajon, in 1977, ultimately. So these were sent out. And, and you know, it was so fun because I remember we'd be in our home and, and they would bring somebody that was sick. And I'll never forget when we prayed and we would lay hands on them and we would just wait, you know, and, and just wait on the Lord and pray and God would heal people. And, and there were miracles that happened and they would get all excited and then they would go tell their friends. It was just a beautiful, sweet, pure move of the Spirit of God. But nothing has really changed. There are still people who are lost, who are lonely, who are looking for somebody that will just sit down and with a little boldness, bring them to the point of, have you ever considered your heart? Have you ever considered God? Have you ever considered Jesus and the gospel and share with them your own story? So Jesus, even though you know, they had gone out, miracles had happened, demons you know, came out, that, that's pretty awesome you know, when you can, come in contact with the supernatural. No doubt there are people here who, like me, have come in contact with powers, principalities, demonic strongholds. If, if you have not, uh, you know, it is true, it is real, the Bible says it is real. I, I, I think that um, if you really seek the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, at some point in your Christian walk, you will encounter spiritual Warfare that, that is supernatural in nature, it's unexplainable, and, um, and you don't have to be afraid. The Lord's given you all power and authority. But even when these disciples cast out a demon, and so the demons who respond to Jesus, and I've seen demons you know, respond to the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, and be cast out of someone and you know, that kind of the phenomenon and even praying for people and seeing miracles, it's very exciting and it's very dynamic to have these supernatural things going on and it's easy to get caught up with them. And the next thing you know, that's what you're waiting for the next, when's the next you know, miracle, when's God gonna, because he's the one that's in charge, not you and not me. He said, you pray, you believe and you ask but he is the one who decides. He is the healer. So when they came back, what were they talking about? They're talking about my demons are obeying us and miracles are happening and healings are taking place. Jesus said, don't rejoice in all of that stuff, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. As a young Christian, I, you know, there was a time when I began to experience the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and speaking in tongues, and laying on of hands, and healings, and you know, demonic manifestations, all, all of that. And there was a time where then it was like, well, you know, it's not maybe happening at the church where I was, and I wanted, you know, so I would go to places, you know, looking because I was hungry for the Holy Spirit. And then God graciously you know, balanced me and, and led me to my pastor, Chuck Smith, in Calvary Chapel. The Holy Spirit was still there. Miracles still happen. The gifts of the Spirit are still practiced. But there was the balance of the Word. You can get off if you go, if you put experience as the number one thing, you can burn out 
You can blow up. You can get lost. You can get discouraged. In fact, in a strange way, the enemy can get your eyes off the main thing. Jesus said, the main thing that I delight and rejoice in the Holy Spirit is that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Praise the Lord. That's what we are excited about. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. In verse 21, we read, In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for as so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Here's what Jesus is saying. In another way, in this very passage, he's saying, I and my Father are one. I know my Father and I can reveal him to you. And my Father knows me and whoever the Father reveals me to them. If you know who Jesus is, it is because the Father has drawn you and opened your eyes. And who is Jesus? Yes, he is the Messiah. Yes, he is the fulfillment of over 300 prophecies. Yes, he is the Savior. Yes, he died on the cross for the sins of the world. Yes, he rose from the dead. But let me also hit that final nail right on the head. Jesus is also God. He is God the Son. He is God manifest in the flesh. And, you know, that is something that the enemy, he, he wants to get people away from that. To believe, you know, in a variety of other Jesuses, there's New Age Jesus, uh, Aquarius Jesus, postmodern Jesus. There's a, a variety of versions of him that don't give the whole truth. But here, Jesus says, I am revealed by my Father. I know my Father. The Father knows the Son. And there's this mystery of the Trinity where the Bible reveals God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I know there's a lot of groups and you know, quasi-groups that wrestle over that, that very thing. And there is a mystery for sure, but in the Bible it says, even in the, in the Old Testament, and Jewish people know this, the great Shema of Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And the Hebrew word for one means plural. There's another Hebrew word for one, singular. 
But there is another word that is used there. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and that word one is a plurality. Even the word God in that statement. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Elohim. And if you know Hebrew, Elohim is plural. Yes, we believe in one God, but here's the mystery. God is revealed in three persons. And we give it this name called the Trinity because there's an equality among them. When the Holy Spirit reveals this truth to you that, that Jesus is God and that the Holy Spirit is God, that they are all unique and distinct and yet they are also one. Just as uh, uh, water can be in a liquid form and it can also be in, in the form of ice and it also can be in the form of, of a cloud, a mist, three different forms and yet one in essence. The only difference between those three uh, things and the Trinity is those three things you know, can't be of the same substance uh, you know, at the same time, but the Trinity can. God the Father is eternally the Father. God the Son is eternally the Son. And God the Holy Spirit is eternally the Holy Spirit. I put into your notes here Isaiah 9-6. I don't know if you ever noticed this before. Here's a prophecy about the Messiah where the Trinity is even hinted at in a unique and a different way here. But here it says in Isaiah 9-6 about the Messiah, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's a prophecy about the Messiah. And yet here, one of his very titles is not only Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. So when Jesus said, I and my Father are one, he is the perfect expression of the revelation of God. And we pray to our Father in the name of Jesus. But I encourage you to know and to recognize and, and may the Holy Spirit open any minds and any eyes and any ears and any hearts to see the truth of who Jesus really is. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he turned to his disciples and said privately, blessed are your eyes, or the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. And then in verse 25, it says, and behold, where it came to pass, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But let me stop for just a moment. If Jesus were here tonight, and he asked you a question. How many of you would be really relieved if you gave the right answer? <laughs> he knew the answer in his head, but Jesus saw something else in this man that answered. 
He saw that while he knew the answer because he had looked and glanced into the mirror and he had, he had the right answer, there was something still not right in his heart. He wasn't living it. He wasn't walking it. And, you know, I just want to exhort all of us here tonight that it's good to hear Bible studies. It's better to hear them and obey. It is good to know the answers to the questions that people might raise. It's better to be living the answers or applying them to the best of our ability. A sign of maturity and health is self-examination. Is this me? Is it talking about me? Lord, is this something that I need to look at? And making those applications, making those observations. And there's a healthy balance when you know that the motivation is love. So in verse 28, and he said to him, you have answered rightly. So Jesus goes, okay. And he's baiting him, by the way. He goes, go ahead, do this and you will live. But he, and notice what the Gospel of Luke adds. He wanting to justify himself. Okay, so he's got an agenda here. What, and to justify himself, let me explain what this means. There's a particular way of applying this to his life that he doesn't like, nor does he want to do, and he wants to know, am I okay if I don't apply this to my life? And it's very easy to, you know, say, I'm a Christian and have the name of being a Christian and have, you know, the, the bumper stickers and, and you know, the, the Bibles and the tassels and the leather covers. But it's another thing if you actually live and apply the things that you state. But he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, so, and who is my neighbor? And then Jesus answered and said, and here's that famous story. And we'll just read through it. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by. Well, where did he pass by? On the other side of the street. Likewise, a Levite, the tribe of Levi, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So, and here's what compassion does. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him, and on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So, which of these three, Jesus asked, do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And notice the answer of the man. He says, it was him, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, go, and do likewise. From the story of the Good Samaritan, Pastor Ray Bentley closing with a great pattern for us to emulate in our own lives. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Who is My Neighbor? If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.